Welcome to the Weekly Wrap-Up, a production of Maranatha High School in Pasadena, California. Join us each week as our host, Ms. Teresa Peterson and Dr. Joe Chai, recap some really cool stories that showcase the incredible student body here at the school. Let's listen in now. Episode 2, the Weekly Wrap-Up. Oh, is that you starting? <laughs> that was me choking on how I wanted to start. Like I had Good like morning, Maranatha. <laughs> I know. I'm like oh, exactly like Robin Williams you know what? style. I, exactly. Like, we're gonna we're gonna find we're gonna a rhythm. I know we are. We, we haven't found our rhythm yet. <laughs> no. Um, some things we have. Like yeah. some things were immediate, but yeah. we're getting there. Episode two. Here we are. This is kind of a cool one because if the audience hadn't heard already, there's a third voice in this room. And I think the Maranatha people, this man needs no introduction. I love working for this principal. Yes. Our very own Daniel Newkirk. The legend. Thank you, uh, yeah. Ms. Peterson. And Welcome, Mr. Newkirk. Thank you, Thank you Dr. Chai. <laughs> yeah, we're so pleased to have you. Um, did you enjoy last week's episode? Oh, I loved it. Yep. Okay. Traffic we, flew by. Got me almost to the freeway. All right. <laughs> we paid him to say that. So, <laughs> so Teresa, I'm going to kick things off this week. I got two stories. I think they're pretty spectacular. They're awesome. So the first story is is uh, an academic story, and this comes straight from the College Board. We got notification last week that five of our Maranatha students qualified and earned the National Hispanic Recognition Award. Yes. I didn't even know that was a thing. It is a thing. That's wild. So the criteria for... Um, earning this distinction is that you are the top you're part of the top 10% of test takers on the PSAT exam and you have a minimum GPA of 3.5 which is pretty extraordinary it is because the top 10% is a few million test takers yeah so I'm very pleased to, to announce to our community that these five um, Earned the National Hispanic Recognition Award. They it's are great. Alex Fontanella, Luis Cadena, Max Romero, Maya Vlaslock, and Tevin Woolen. Five awesome kids. Great kids. Great kids. So the second story, um, and this one is, is is near and dear to my heart. Last year, um, so I'm going to share a little bit of background. Last year was my first year at the organization, and I was stoked to be here. I mean... Like if, if you're a part of this community, um, you might take this for granted, but outside in the streets, Maranatha is a big deal. This is a big deal. This is a historic institution. And I got to be on the team last year, and I was really excited about that. And I remember when I first got here, just the tenor of the storytelling that our young people were doing, I was a little bit dismayed. I was like, why are you guys so negative all the time? This place is awesome. Have you met teenagers? <laughs> Sorry. Just kidding. So I know as part of our efforts last year, we really wanted to tell better stories and be more intentional about that. Last year, um, we decided as part of that effort to honor every month some student or students, plural, who are showcasing uh, the postures of our four expected student outcomes, Which our four ESOs. Our four ESOs are, Mr. Newkirk? Students of Christ, intentional learners, invested citizens, and skilled communicators. Exactly. And last year, our emphasis was invested citizenship. 
right? I was going to draw a blank right there, so thank you for answering. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. It's only because I'm on the spot panicked, Teresa, not because I didn't know on. what it was. Our I boss know. is here. I know. I'm sorry. You're embarrassing I, I apologize. <laughs> I can't promise that it won't happen again. <laughs> um, this year, uh, we're shifting our focus to intentional learning because that's our sort of global expected student outcome focus for this year. Uh, we've honored our first two intentional learners of the month. And these are amazing young women. Mm -hmm. They are Moxie Burkhardt and Chloe Yoon. Uh, Moxie was nominated by the Tile Lab, and Chloe Yoon was the math department's pick for their intentional learner of the What's month. What's the Tile Lab? I want to defer to our boss. That's a great question. I mean, just to be clear, I know what it is, but Judy does not know what the tile acronym is. Do you know what is. the tile acronym stands for? Technology is the T, but that's as far as I can get you. This podcast does not make us sound really impressive. I'm embarrassed <laughs> right now. Uh, <laughs> I want to go check and then come back. And should we edit? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we should keep this in just to show, look, it's okay to fail. But we're not going to make this mistake again. <laughs> Ask us next week if we know what tile stands for. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> Only walk down that hall a thousand times. I, I just feel like, look, I know what happens in there. Mm -hmm. I know the, I know who runs the tile lab. I know the types of things that go on in there. Mm -hmm. Am I also expected to know every acronym, too? Mm -hmm. I'm going to have some homework. There's a lot of acronyms, but you know, I'm glad you asked that though. You're keeping us on the straight and narrow because our friends like Judy, they won't know what the heck we're talking about. We know, um, and we're mesmerized by the Tile Lab. Yes. Yeah, I, I admittedly don't know what Tile stands for. Sorry, Mr. A, if you're listening. So these two young ladies are, they're stars. Yeah. Incredible, very eloquent very earnest i'm always just super impressed by the caliber of maranatha students whenever we do these monthly videos mm -hmm. um, these two young ladies are, are certainly no exception so moxie burkhardt and chloe yoon well done we commend you um and next month we're looking forward to seeing who the intentional learners for the month of september are absolutely so stay tuned for that yep okay so you're ready for one of my stories blow me away <laughs> okay so Kyron Lynn is one of our students, and he's a fencer. Nice. I actually think Judy knows what fencing is. I hope so. But just to be clear, it's sword fighting, basically. <laughs> it's, it's safe sword fighting. I think. I think we're going to get an angry horde of fencers. <laughs> I know. Hey, I know. And that's I, not all it is. I don't mean any disrespect. Actually, I watch it when the Olympics come around. I watch. I love to watch when they light up, when they get touched. Yeah. I Touche. Yeah. Kyron is representing the U.S., at an international tournament in Budapest in October. Oh He's one of 20 U.S. fencers in the under 17 category going to represent the U.S. in this international tournament. So, so Kyron's top 20 nationwide. Yes. Am I hearing that right? Yes. Wow. I know. I was. That is really impressive. First. He's basically in the Olympics almost. Yes. Yeah. And, and I immediately started thinking. Do they televise this? Because I absolutely want to watch yeah. him literally light somebody up. Because oh when they touch them, their best lights up. 
That is unbelievable. I know it's super cool. Like the the talent. I mean, we have so many kids that do stuff just for Maranatha, representing Maranatha. You know, sports, theater, academics, all these things. And then we start finding out things that they do that are truly remarkable. That are even just literally on their own time, things that they're doing that they're passionate about. And this is a perfect example of that. Now, Kyron, so this is how Kyron um, came onto my radar. Um, He helps oversee our ping pong club. So he's one of the (laughs) dynamos on campus that you see just, you know, playing ping pong and, and, and just showcasing his skills there. You would, never would have thought that this kid is a world-class, literally world-class fencer. Right. I know. I mean, wow. That, that story blows my mind. You do not want to challenge him to a duel. Precisely. <laughs> now, I feel like that's not going to offend the fencers. I feel badly if I've offended fencers everywhere. I think being known but, as a sword fighter is only a good thing. I, that's I, I how, how that's how I that's how I, mean, I kind that's, of looked at that's it. That's like the coolest thing ever. So. I I that's honestly what I thought. Like you play baseball, that's awesome. You sword fight, you're a rock star. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of it's kind of how I look at it. That's cool. Okay, so my other story Go for it. is a it's unique. It's a very unique story to Pasadena specifically because Students who attend high schools in proximity to the Rose Bowl um, can compete to be on the Rose Court, which starts in September. This process starts in September and culminates with seven young ladies on a float, six who are princesses and one queen. But the whole process of getting there starts in September and it's crazy. Every year the numbers are a little bit different, but you can anticipate anywhere from about 1,000 to close to 1,200 students doing basically about a 15-second interview in the first round where they say their name, where they go to school, and I think one other thing about themselves. They honestly get about 15 seconds to talk. And then from those, say, 11 or 1,200, the second round will be whittled down to about 250 and they get about 30 seconds i think it's about 30 seconds to talk and three of our students made it to the second round alex carrillo danielle babikian and candace lee made it to the second round i love those kids great picks awesome picks such incredible representatives of maranatha of pasadena all of it so they'll do the second round this week it'll go down to about 75 for the third round and then it will go all the way down to 25 and roughly and those young ladies will be invited to the rose headquarters Mm -hmm. that is right down the street from our very own maranatha high school and they will have there'll be usually there's tv crews there Mm -hmm. and Kids from each of the high schools come with signs and, and, you know, there's lots of cheering and excitement and they announce the seven young ladies that will be actually representing their schools and the Rose Court for the next three months until the parade. And they have this like super insane schedule of going and doing 
like volunteer stuff and right. appearances everywhere. It's really it's a big deal. It's a really yeah. big deal. It's a very intense. Yeah, what a schedule. great life skill and experience to go through. Every yeah. we've had several young ladies that have been on the court since I've been here. There's been a handful. Wow, pretty remarkable. As Any well. of those three would be super deserving too. Absolutely, yeah. I, yeah, I, I totally solid agree. Solid girls. Yes. Real solid. Well, Alex, Danielle, and Candace, we're super proud of you. Well done. I mean, we we're, we'll keep our fingers crossed for you. Hope that you advance to round three and beyond. Um, you're right, though. That ceremony at the Pasadena Tournament of Roses house, um, it's a lot of fun. Yes. Last year, we had a young lady who was a finalist, Marissa, Marissa Sanders. Sanders. Yeah. And I got a chance to go and take photos of that. And several of our cheer team gals went mm-hmm. to just cheer her on. We can just walk over. It, it's literally, awesome. yeah. we can walk <laughs> over. It's a, an amazing thing. But all the media is out in full force. It's a super cool event. So... I mean, I kind of hope that we get to enjoy that again. <laughs> Selfish request, but yes. that'll be a lot of fun. Well, thanks for sharing that. Man, I, I love these student stories. I love that we get to do this podcast every week. I um, made this observation yesterday, Dr. Chai, that um, we started this because I said to you, I feel like I miss out on everything. Yeah. And everything that gets brought to me this week, I said, I don't think I would have known this. But right. they're telling me now because they're helping us with content and i'm like it's just illustrating the point that there's all these amazing stories out there that it i think it's fun to have in a central location that everybody can hear about yeah i love it so let's talk about why mr newkirk's in the room (laughs) (laughs) i promise he's here uh for a valid reason and it's not just to show our boss that we're not wasting our time every Thursday. <laughs> Although I'm not sure we've done a good job of illustrating that. Yet. I know, I know. The jury's still out here. <laughs> but there was one story that um, came on our radar this past week where we both looked at each other and, and, and just kind of made the same observation. This sounds incredible, but we both never took high school physics, so we don't know how to talk about this. Um, Mr. Newkirk um, what I love about this guy, on the surface, he kind of presents as a bro, but he's one of the smartest people I've ever met. Uh, and in particular, he's an incredibly gifted scientist. And so I thought this would be perfect if it came from you, Mr. Newkirk. So um, thanks, Dr. there's Chai. a story. I think you know what story we're referring to. We'd love it if you can sort of unpack this for us in layman's terms and help us understand namely me and Teresa, but also other people who might be (laughs) listening. So take it away. Well, you all might have heard this. It was last December. um, This And it made headlines across the country, across the world, that we finally did what's called cold fusion, which is a really big deal because fusion itself is is a really preferable way of generating electricity compared to fission because fission produces all these like really toxic, um, products that have to be disposed of super carefully and it's a great way to generate electricity really efficiently in our nuclear reactors but um, a lot of people have a hard time with like the toxic waste part of it whereas fusion can produce just as much um, energy like release just as much heat from the same amount of stuff Um, and the products are like completely harmless like water Mm -hmm. hydrogen etc things that we can just release into the environment without worrying about it the problem is it only happens at like super high temperatures. So we can make like a fusion bomb, but bombs can't really like produce sustainable, usable energy. 
that we can use to make electricity. So they did this though, like in a lab up in um, Livermore, California, last uh, December, they finally, by shining, I think it was like 192 lasers at this like eraser sized uh, chunk of hydrogen enclosed in like a diamond shell, they got it to start going through fusion and releasing energy. And they actually, the threshold that they passed was it actually released more energy than they had to put into it to get it to do fusion. So pretty big deal. Still doesn't mean that, you know, um, fusion is here in a real practical way, but it's like the next step forward. And it's been a long time. They've been trying to do this for like 50 years. Anyway, that's a really cool story um, if you care about those things. But what I didn't know until recently is that one of our own Maranatha alum, Ethan Corenner, works at that same lab. Wow. And so he's, he's on this team uh, uh, that produced, or at least you know, part of this team that produced this cold fusion and uh, made headlines around the world. And so I thought that's something that our community should be aware of, because that's super impressive. He's a great kid. I actually had him in um, AP Physics 2, like three or four, I think four or five years ago when he graduated. I didn't know that it was Ethan. Ethan was on we my caseload. Yeah. I, right. right now I'm like I had to resist yelping loudly into my <laughs> microphone. That is so cool that it was Ethan. And also I am so glad that you explained the cold fusion thing because before you started I thought that was a drink order at Starbucks. I'll have the I'll have you know a venti what? cold worth fusion. A shot. You never know it might. So <laughs> thank you for laughing at that, Dr. Chai. Um, but Ethan is such a quality guy and so for him to be doing the thing that we knew in high school he was passionate about just being involved in science he loves it so much so. and it all started while he was here he was of course part of the science club he's mm-hmm. on the sea perch team that went to nationals wow you know so nobody that hears this is surprised but it's really cool to hear absolutely yeah as, as as someone who has no idea who this young man is this is really cool i mean it just kind of Circling back, it, it just shows you, man, we've been churning out impressive people that are changing the world here at Maranatha. And I see it on the daily. And stories like this remind me this has been happening for a long time. Mm-hmm. So very cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. Of course, us. yeah. What a, what a special story. Um, you know, we're going to give um, Mr. Newkirk final say because there's another story he had that I thought it was a really cool story, but it also showed something really mesmerizing about our community. So, uh, I'm going to let I'm going to give Mr. Newkirk the final word today, if that's all right with you, Teresa. Absolutely. So, please, Mr. Newkirk, share the story with us that you shared with uh, the PA yesterday. Of course. So, let me start that again. People don't know what PA stands. That's another acronym. Yep. Yes. <laughs> well, I can answer this. Just one. to be clear, I know what PA stands for. <laughs> So uh, I think it's uh, once, a, once a month, mm-hmm. we have a parent associations meeting. Right. Correct. The, okay. first, the first Wednesday morning of every month, I think at 8.30, we yeah. have the parents. And this meeting. is a, a yeah. vibrant group of parents who partner with us. Um, and at these meetings, uh, Principal Newkirk always shares like an academic update for our parents. And he shared the story yesterday. I just remember filing that away thinking that needs to be on the podcast. So I'm sorry I interrupted. Please take it away. <laughs> this this is a story that 
it really just, uh, it doesn't just make me happy to tell it. And I think you'll hear why we want to tell it, because it is a special moment. Um, but it is about someone who is just a, a super stand-up quality person mm-hmm. who just continues to grow and mature. Um, so one of our favorite students, um, Dijon, DJ, yep. um, he's a football player. Um, he's also just a special member of our community. Um, he's been um, in chapel this year. He's been leading the call to worship. But he's just integral to the school community in all, all sorts of ways. Unfortunately, though, he actually suffers from um, a chronic illness um, that was exacerbated in the heat of practice a couple weeks ago in football. And so when we traveled to play Corona last week, he couldn't be there because he was actually in the hospital. He was in the hospital all week. He's back now. He's doing great. Um, but at that game that he couldn't be at because he was hospitalized um, and where we played this massive uh, public high school, Corona is a huge school um, with a crazy looking red and gray turf football <laughs> field. Um, but during the game, Mr. Ross uh, was texting him updates, the score, as we just like demolished Corona. He was getting updates during the first half, especially <laughs> before it got out of hand um, from Mr. Rouse. And, and we called him and we talked to him over the phone and just kind of trying to encourage him, let him know how the team was looking, um, which was really neat. But what was extra special was during halftime, um, Alicia Vesey, our athletic director, actually FaceTimed Dijon into the locker room. And so, you know, and it, it they might deny it, but I know for a fact that these big old strong stinky football players <laughs> none of them had a dry eye as they uh-huh. as they uh, talked to Dijon um, told him about the game and just told him how much you know he was missed um, and so I just think that you know the whole story demonstrates um, DJ's resilience yeah. and just his yeah. character but also you know um, the empathy of our athletes and how special our community really is Right, that it's not just that we love you when you're performing at your best for us, but that no matter what, um, you know, we still have those connections, we still have these relationships, no matter what kind of circumstances you're going through. And so mm-hmm. I just, I just thought that everybody deserved to hear about this story. That's great. You know what? What else I love about that story? Um, yeah, it's it's a story that celebrates DJ and our football team. Um, can we talk about? John Rouse and Alicia. Seriously, right. That's the above and beyond. Our head of school and our athletic athletic director. director. Mm -hmm. But to me, when you told me that story, I didn't even bat an eye initially when I heard that because that's what we all do. Right. We do stuff like that here. It's true. Actually, now that you're saying that, it didn't. It seemed normal to me, but when of you of course step our head out, of school was texting of course, one of our students yeah. During, yeah, that's, from the sidelines. Of the, yes, yeah. of course he was, right. but but yes, of course he was of because that's was. the kind of culture we have here. Yeah, yeah. I love it because I think it was really uh, beneficial to DJ to feel and see that it wasn't just him missing his team, but it was also his team feeling the his absence. Um, and missing him. And, you know, that that kind of dynamic goes beyond the competition on the field. Right. And that, to me, is really special about the culture, that they felt safe. Yeah. All of them felt safe expressing that emotion both to each other and about, you know, someone who's part of their team. Mm-hmm. I think that will be a core memory for all of them. 
that will end up being yeah, something that yeah. even 20 years from now they're like I still remember the Corona game where we completely demolished them and John had to FaceTime in although yeah. FaceTime will probably be totally different by then but that's another story <laughs> <laughs> well thanks again for sharing of course Drew Kirk yeah. what a great way to bookend our podcast episode today uh, that's it for episode two yeah we're doing these every Friday so stay tuned if you haven't subscribed to our podcast what are you doing with your life uh, <laughs> you should rectify that right away and subscribe so that you don't miss any of these amazing updates week to week Teresa you want to close this out that's a wrap that's a wrap <laughs> see you next week Thanks for joining us for the weekly wrap-up, a production of Maranatha High School. Maranatha is a Christ-centered, evangelical college preparatory school that celebrates the whole student by equipping hearts and minds to reflect God's glory through academics, as well as the arts, athletics, and service. For more information about Maranatha High School, contact us at info at mhs-hs.org or visit our website at maranathahighschool.com.